For those of y'all that, that that missed it, this is Meredith McCord. Meredith? I think you had our audio, but we didn't have Meredith's audio. Yeah, this is Meredith, not me. <laughs> like Meredith McCord here. <laughs> uh, cool. Everybody, Jennings Rose says it's back on. Thanks, guys, for looking out for us on the live chat there. Um, glad we weren't just shooting a podcast. We'd probably shot a whole show, and they're like, oh, bear, we didn't hear you. Exactly. And I would, exactly. Have, to do voice, I would have had to do voiceovers. <laughs> I think I could dial in in Meredith's voice. I think I'd be all right at it. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> here, let me hear it. Let me hear it. You go, let me hear. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that, you, I, that. That wasn't really good. Right. I need some practice. Yeah. I need some right. practice. <laughs> and that's the last time she's coming on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, awesome. So, tell us a little bit about uh, your fishing you've had since you've been down there. How many days have you fished? Um, this is my second day. I'm supposed to fish through Saturday. We'll see how the weather holds. But actually. Today was supposed to be my first day, and then on Sunday after church and brunch with my family, I was looking at the weather, and I saw yesterday's forecast, which was wind, light and variable, uh, sunny skies, and I was like, uh, so I texted a couple of my guy friends, I'm like, who has open? I need, I need to come, <laughs> and um, I was like, I can jump an early air flight, and so sure enough, my friend, um, Frank Praisnick wrote back and he said, hey, girl, you won't believe this. I had one day gap in between like a long stretch of a month and three weeks I've been fishing. I've got it available. If you want to come on over, I'll fish you. So awesome. I said, hold the phone. Okay, I'm going to make uh, change my flight and uh, see if I can get my rent a car a day early. And sure enough, I did. And so I, you know, from Houston, it's so great because it's only a 42-minute flight. Yeah, that's October. incredible. And yesterday was epic. We caught over 20 fish. They were high and happy. Just, <laughs> it was silliness. Today was silliness. Um, but today was a little bit of a, of a different animal because I was chasing something in particular. And I've been looking for, um, well, today I was looking for redfish or a black drum on six-pound tippet, which means that I needed a 30 one pound drum or a 35 pound red and so i made a kind of a pact with myself i wouldn't cast at anything over 30 pounds well that's fine and dandy until these fish just smile at you and look at you and just bat their eyelashes at you and said please cast at me <laughs> so i did, I did catch, catch a few i caught a um, couple of smaller reds and you know about the 20 pound class and a couple of black drums that just i mean they just waved their tails at me and they just I mean, it's kryptonite. It just yeah, for sure. It's me and I can't not not cast. And then uh, about noon today, right after lunch, we were joking, saying, hey, let's let's really be serious. Let's just cast at 30-pound fish. And so, unfortunately, I broke one off when my drag, drag was set a little too tight. But then I saw her, and it was a monster. But it wasn't a redfish. <laughs> it was a monster alligator gar. <laughs> And I said, hey, it's over 30. And he's like, okay, take the cast. And I was like, you know what? I haven't even looked at the world records for alligator garb, but I think I, I own that record right now, and I don't think it's anywhere near what this fish is. That's awesome. So I made the cast. Man, she ate right away. I mean, I just rubbed it right over her nose. <laughs> she just hammered it, and it went. I mean, I just – because I didn't have wire tippet or anything. I had 30-pound bite on there. It hit her right in the scissors. And, um, you know, and I was playing with a little five weight glass rod, you guys. I was saying that. That's incredible. <laughs> and landed her in about eight minutes, but we didn't get her in the boat. Our, 
time was more like, I think 15 or 16 minutes because it took Travis and I a full, as much time as I fought her in the, on the flat, it took us that long to get her in the boat because our net just was not prepared to hold anything over 60 inches. And she, she was well over that. Golly, that's so, incredible. You're making me yeah. miss it down there. I haven't had too much, too much remorse from not coming down, but that, that story right there is making me wish I was down there. I'm with you. It's like, I've always uh, tried to be the big fun. bad guide and like, all right, we're not going to cast at anything over 30, 30 pounds. And then I'd see like a two pound red fish cruising down the bank with its back up. Like, oh, there's a fish. You got to cast to it. He's, we got to catch that fish too. It's tough to not throw to him. That must be the difference between like really experienced and not so experienced. Cause I'm like, I'm casting everything. I don't care. <laughs> Carp, bass, goldfish at the goldfish store. It it's, matter. it's crazy though. Like when, when you do hook a small, it feels like every time you hook a smaller fish there, like you let yourself throw to a smaller fish. That's when you see a big fish. Almost every oh, time. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right. They just know when to come out. It's uh, it's slightly annoying. So true. So let's backtrack. Into oh, 20, and then you see that forty. That and I'm not saying inches. I'm saying pounds. Yeah. You see that yeah. forty pounder come on by, and yeah. that's when you're like, oh, <laughs> can I shake it loose? Can I shake it right, loose? Right. Right. Well, let's do a little backtracking. I want to hear kind of how you got into fishing and and kind of your whole story of of becoming an angler. Okay, so I've been fishing since, gosh, I think I was three years old. My dad, grandparents, mom, everyone in our family fished, and so that was just something that we did. That was, it was just a part of our life, our lives was fishing, um, and so I continue to fish for the next however many years, just recreational. Uh, I got into fly fishing after the, the cheesy but yet wonderful Hollywood film. <laughs> y'all know it a river runs through it nailed it nice <laughs> so, I, I didn't know uh, that you didn't no yeah, i didn't know I that was what got you yeah that's what got me into fly fishing i mean there was a couple of factors that were playing kind of playing in simultaneously but i saw that and i guess it was like the mid early 90s at the same time that my family bought a home down in um, Ambergris Key, Belize. And I had seen people out there waving their rods around and had kind of wondered about what they were doing. Um, I didn't grow up watching a lot of TV, so was not exposed to it. And um, so I saw it down there, saw a river run through it, and then started kind of researching and learning more about it, knowing that I wanted to take my fishing to the next level. And I felt like fly fishing was probably that next level. And sure enough, um, after I graduated from Vanderbilt, I went uh, out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming to learn how to fly fish, thinking that I could do it in a summer and that it was just going to be something like spin fishing. You pick it up and you're, you know, you can do it. Uh, I didn't realize it was going to be a lifetime sport. And that I was going to develop such the addiction I did for it. But here I am and I'm highly addicted. Yeah, it's a very addicting sport. <laughs> it is. Especially the sight casting part of it. Oh, man, it's just so interactive. You just you can never get enough of it. Yeah, is, is what it feels I always like. think it's like the in, well, and you're an artist. So you we can kind of, you know, dive into the, the business that um, I heard you on another podcast and did my research. So I kind of know you're I'm an entrepreneur guy, too. So I'm like, man, I, I was like, oh, business. Hell, we're not even going to talk about fishing. We're going to talk about <laughs> how you grew this franchise business and sold it and fly around the world on the money you made from it and all that kind of stuff. But which we could get into, you know, later. But I think it's kind of that same like 
you know, and you were in the pottery business. And so it's like that whole artistic approach versus like, uh, you know, I don't know. I think like fly fishing for me is, is that, you know, when I first, I was the same way I watched river run through it when I was a kid. And then I won a fishing trip because I picked up some trash on the river and then, nice. you know, went out with a guide and, and, learned the 10 to two and slapped him in the face about 50 times that day. And, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I luckily married into a fly fishing, but a family that, that love fly fishing. And so, uh, kind of the same thing, man, like more of an art rather than just, you know, like you can't go just, not everybody can do it like sure. just right off hand. So it seems like it attracts cool. the more artistic angler, not artistic, but just more creative angler in a way. I mean, that's kind of some, I'm just going to paint. Weird... When I fish. <laughs> that's what I think. So it's different than the, you yeah, know, the old time. I agree. And you know what I else I'm finding is that there's a lot of um, chefs, culinary artists that enjoy fly fishing as well. I was just at, in New York last week at a Atlantic Salmon Foundation or Federation dinner, and four of the men sitting at my table were New York chefs that are super passionate about fly fishing. And the more I kind of you know watch my friends on Instagram, I find that there is much of a foodie. And a culinary yeah, artist that's true. is, is I, I like to be as well. Yeah. So I think that there is definitely, Billy, I think you're right, that there is some kind of correlation between art and several different mediums um, and fly fishing. I think fly fishing is an art. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I agree with you there. So, And, and like you said, it, doesn't, it, it can't be learned in the summer. It's like, man, you just have to keep going and go. It's like golf almost. Yeah, just way more fun in my opinion. It really is. It really is. So let's talk about. I do liking it a lot, like golf, though, because there's no way, like golf, like if you're going to go out and go play 18, you're not going to do it for less than four hours. Same comes with fly fishing. Like, how often do you really just be like, oh, I'm going for out for a half an hour and I'll be right back? No, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a pursuit. Like you know, you're investing in it if you go out. That reminds me of a funny story. I was uh, I was fishing here in North Carolina one day. This was like two summers ago, and I got back to the boat ramp. We had we had been fishing six hours. It was a fly fishing trip, and we had a pretty good day for here. I think we had five redfish that we had we had sight fished and, and caught mm-hmm. on the fly rod, and uh, we just have such small tide windows to really sight fish here. So you've got to take advantage of those lower tides. And there's a lady from Marine Fisheries at the ramp, and she was asking. She was doing surveys, and she was like, "Okay, so." Uh, y'all were fishing. I was like, yes, ma'am, we're fishing. She said, how long were y'all in the water? And I said, we've been, we've been out for six hours. And she was like, all right, have y'all caught any fish? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we've caught six redfish. She's like, oh, awesome. That's really good. And she was like asking a few more questions. And then one of her final questions was, uh, how long would you say you had your lines in the water? And we were fly fishing. And I was like, maybe like 10 minutes total. We had the lines in the water. And she was like, 10, you've been out there for six hours and you've had your lines in the water for 10 minutes and I had explained to her the fly fishing thing and so it's it's so it's crazy i mean the time that you actually have a fly in the water even on like the most epic of days isn't very long typically i mean unless you're just fishing schooling fish all day yeah. you know and hooking one throwing back out but she it was just it, it was a realization for me as well i was like we just burned six hours of our day and we really only fished you know actively with with our fly in the water for for 10 minutes <laughs> so it's Dang. uh we might have to be a little crazy to love fly fishing the way we do yeah i agree and it's not the cheapest thing to get into either. No, but it's not. It's super fun, <laughs> man. Super fun. So, so let's talk about this for a minute, because, because, uh, like I said, I did listen to another podcast that you're on, and I actually was listening to it, and then I stopped it and said, I called my wife. I'm like, hey, I gotta change my business credit card. Like, I need to be getting these miles on here. And so, <laughs> tell me a little bit about, because I think a lot of people look at, um, you know, look at yourself or maybe some other really well known anglers that are out there doing some really fun stuff, and they just make all these assumptions of like. 
oh well you you know like you must have living off daddy's <laughs> money or credit card and, yeah, and you yeah. and the only reason i say that i'm not saying that toward you i you mentioned that and maybe you get some of that flack and so i think it's really interesting and really cool how you've funded becoming one of the world's like most renowned you know lady ang or anglers period not even lady angler but angler so for sure can you share a little bit about that process yeah thanks billy i will um you know, I've had an I've had an interesting road, and yes, there are a lot of um, there's there's a lot of hearsay here and there about how I'm funding that, and I really appreciate it. April Volke had me on her podcast that I think will go live uh, actually I think tomorrow, and she she asked me point blank, "Are you a trust fund kid?" And I, I appreciated her honesty and just uh, candidness to allow me to answer that question and to really kind of vet the answer. But the, the answer is no, I've really made this on my own. Um, I started business a number of years ago. I don't like to say how many years ago because then it ages <laughs> me and I'm still single for all you guys out there. Um, no, just kidding. But um, I, I did. And in, in a long time ago, I started a business and I was very, very fortunate that it was successful right away. Um, and I was able, as you heard, Billy, in my podcast earlier, I, I'm, I'm not sure which one you maybe heard, but maybe Barbalist, that I did. I ran it through credit cards. I bought all of my inventory, um, which was hundreds of thousands of dollars of inventory on United and Southwest Airlines credit cards. I would pay off those bills right away because they really do incur a huge percentage um, interest rate on them. I mean, up to the tune of 27%. So you really do, you've got to know that going in when you get these wonderful credit cards with the perks, but it allowed me to travel for free. Honestly, most every place I could want to go, I could travel for free with the exception. I know I ended up having to pay for Seychelles because Emirates was not one of those credit cards. But uh, outside of that, it was, it was free travel for me. The other thing that I can't apologize for, but it was just the way that I was raised, is that I was I was raised with a, my dad, who was a self-made man, who had a passion for fishing and wanted to expose his children up to fishing, and um, and that happened to be not just Houston or Texas, that happened to be in Belize in Canada. So I got exposure that I can't apologize for growing up in a family that. My dad, just, that's what he valued in life. And instead of spending money on cars or other things, he, he invested in time with his family, and that was fishing time. Yeah, that's and incredible. So that, that was another thing that was just, you know, really big in my life. And what exposed me to so many of these great fisheries is my father, who, um, because I was unmarried, maybe felt sorry for me, uh, he, he would take – uh, me along on his men's fishing trips, um, also just because I, you know, knew that I shared this this passion with him on it. So uh, yeah. those are two ways that I I did get exposed to the sport was through free travel and through my dad. And then once it was interesting, once all of my dad's friends saw that I had this like crazy passion for it, they would find opportunities at low cost if they knew a good buddy had backed out of a trip and uh, was willing to take a hit for it. You know, he was going to lose 50% deposit. He might say, Hey, I'll let you go in my place. Just go have a good time. I'm going to lose my money anyway. So just go pay a, a fraction of it and go. And that was also really, I mean, kudos to those men that 
you know, my dad's friends that encouraged me along the way and let me tag along on their all men's trips uh, to be exposed to, you know, Bolivia and Bahamas. And those were just two of the trips that I can think of quickly that come to mind that were life changing for me um, and how I got to where I am. And the final answer to that question is that Bolivia trip then led me to meet a photographer by the name of Matt Jones. Matt worked for Tailwaters Travel at the time, and Tailwaters' David Lee was looking for a new host for their trip. And so, again, um, you know, it was just being in the right place at the right time and got to travel with Tailwaters for the last seven years, hosting trips for them. Um, I love to travel and love to show people the world, so that's what I got to do. That's awesome. Yeah, good, good on your dad, man. Good on your dad for doing that. Uh, you know, that, I think we probably all share that. I mean, maybe not everybody that fishes, but, you know, as my dad had drug me out to the river the first time and, yeah. it, you know, he hasn't changed his style. He just sits there and power beats fish <laughs> <laughs> on the bank. But, you, you know, those are the, the times I remember and, and, and love. And, you know, I got a little one and a half year old. So to hear that story that you just told is just so inspiring for, you know, everybody else that has kids and, and, and going to have kids to, to think differently about about their lives man yeah not, not all about disney world but let's go to and i've been to belize several times it's one of my favorite countries i've never fished there though that's on the bucket list yeah, for you, sure. if you make it there again you gotta fish Dude, i know we, we went on several mission trips there but never got to fish so unfortunate right but nice. well, i have all that in common with you too billy i love doing mission work and that's um that's another thing that i've spent my time and effort and money on is mission work that's and awesome yeah, that's cool. Judd, yeah. Judd does a lot of missions too, man. So yeah, that's awesome. a good amount for sure. It's uh, it's definitely a passion of mine. It's, so, it's, uh, I, think that's, I think, Justin, that's one of the first things that connected us as friends. Yeah, for is, sure. I think our, that common that common thread. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, I, I'm always trying to think of like, all right, how can we uh, you know, work these fishing trips in with missions trips? And we're, me and my wife are supposed to go to Africa in either late January or February, and and we're going to Uganda. And I'm like, I've been. Uh, every time I'm going somewhere like weird, I always just look up tags on Instagram and try to find like a local person. So I've connected with this guy that lives at Murchison Falls on the Nile River, and uh, we're gonna go try to catch some uh, Nile perch on the fly rod while I'm there. Yeah, so I'm like, I and oh, I'll like awesome. message him on Instagram, and he he's like he never uses Instagram, so he won't message back for like three weeks. And I'm like, oh, he's bailing on me. So I start like you know trying to find somebody else, but then he'll message me back, and it's like, yeah, man, I'm so excited. Can't wait for you to get here. I've got everything planned out, so I'm, I hopefully it'll all work out. But yeah, being able to work together, you know, these trips as you're traveling, like, and, and be able to do missions work and and you know help in the places that you're going, and even just you know going to these remote places and and investing your money in these yeah. in these communities and these villages and these towns, that's helpful in itself, you know. So it is, and I'll tag on to that. You know, while money is important to bring into these villages, whether it's like. Um, a lot of times they'll ask for coloring books or school supplies and things like that. But time is in love is what they need most. Definitely. Um, you know, along with those things, we just don't, I, I'm, I always want to caution people to be really careful not to come in as a cosmetic kind of Santa Claus from, from America. Right. They're just to give gifts. Um, and that's all we're known for is that we just give things, but that we, do it with intention and that we share the love of God For with sure. them because that's something that it doesn't ever run out. No. Whereas money does. You're right. So you're very I'm, right there. Uh, along with giving things that are necessities that they do need for survival and for their livelihoods. I just, 
I want to caution people, take the time to spend in the community, take the time to spend with the children, um, whether it's playing soccer with them or just sitting down, throwing, going through some pictures on your iPhone. Um, you know, I take a little photo album with me and we'll not like an iPhone photo, but like a little true old school yeah. photo album. And what is that exactly? Um, yeah. And it, it's just, you know, it's just that time that they're like, you're building those relationships. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. super cool. That's well, a good strategy. Take them fishing, Judd. That's how you can go on fishing every time. I know. Like, I honey, know. I'm going to take these kids. We're going to go down the river. They're going to teach me how to fish. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I know we're just, we're just kind of going wherever this podcast takes us. But oh yeah. Who cares? My, uh, my, it. my wife's sister has this kid who, um, he was talking about she, she's a teacher and she was sitting in class the other day and he was talking about, uh, wanting to be a fishing guide when he grew up. And she was like, Oh, my, my brother-in-law is a fishing guide. Um, and he, she, she was like, his name's Judson Brock. And he was like, Oh, I, me and my dad watch Eastern current, like, or listen to Eastern current, like on the way to school. That's cool. And uh super cool di- dude. And he, he's, uh, he's, um, I'm excited. I, I keep telling her, you need to give him my number. I'd love to take them fishing. And so just the way that this Aww. community kind of works together and, yeah. and, uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, I can't remember what your name is, but get up a Zan, get my number. We're going to go fishing. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Dude, sure. such a cool podcast. I, I love, of course, you know, Meredith, for, for the people who are watching here, maybe just joining us or just tuning in or whatever, um, does a lot of different stuff. So world missions, uh, an athlete, a triathlete, uh, entrepreneur, like bird hunter. I mean, kind of everything. So bird that's what hunter. we're doing. We're, we're just covering so many different topics. I mean, yeah. so many cool, cool things. That's such what I like cool about guest. this this aspect. It's not like, all right, tell me how to catch this fish. It's more of just like a, you know, just an interview and hang yeah, out and dude, get to know I somebody. Love it. So. Yeah, it's super fun. Well, let's get into it. We've talked about your traveling. What are some of your favorite destinations? Like if you're going to plan a, a hosted trip and take some people, like what's one of your favorite places? Because they're all so different. What's one of your favorite places to take guests to? Or maybe two or oh, three of your favorite places. so hard. <laughs> really. Justin, you cannot ask a girl that. Um, it's like, which boy do you like most? No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> there's things about all of my life. Right. Uh, you know, I would say if you're going to go far, far away, you want to go remote. The Seychelles, it, it just doesn't get better. Yeah. The, the number of species, the variety, the size, um, it's just the sight catching. You're fishing in a swimming pool. It's, the clarity is never a question. It yeah. is as clear as a bell. The fish are swimming. It's just it's remarkable. If, if we're talking close to home, I am there now. <laughs> Louisiana. And, um, people ask me all day long, and I get emotional talking about it. But, you know, Louisiana, these redfish are just home to me. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm from Texas, but my dad grew up in Louisiana. I grew up hunting in South Louisiana. But redfish were only made, made known to me, believe it or not, um, as an angler in 2010 and um, my first redfish ever even in texas was well over 20 pounds and it wow that's it a big texas my, redfish my heart that day yeah it took my heart that day and i've never been the same and it's it's something about their sexy white lips and how they <laughs> their pec fins out like this oh yeah <laughs> and, um they light up and it's it's the most visual eat outside of a tarpon that I think you'll you'll ever see. And yeah. 
of course, tarpon are right there with their up at the top. But um, so you would say redfish are your favorite. Favorite fish to target? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there are these bull reds, and maybe it's just because I'm in the moment right now, and yeah. I'm being romanced and courted and <laughs> loved on by these beautiful golden lit up pumpkins down here that just smiled at me for the last two days and ate my fly. And, yeah, um, you might be saying something different. Yeah, it's been it's, blowing twenty and cloudy, and you haven't seen any fish. You might be like, I hate redfish. <laughs> You know, though, my best redfish ever was caught on a day blowing 30 rain, um, going so hard against my rain jacket, I couldn't even hear what where my guide was telling me to cast. And that was last year, wasn't it? That I caught. That was last yeah, November, last year. Um, around this time, about a week from now, and caught um, 40 pound, 14 ounce redfish on eight pound tippet. Mm, that's crazy. Uh, and it was belly crawling way up shallow and was just like, just uh, lollygagging through these huge breakers. And when the, when the wave would crash out and belly out, his whole body was exposed. Even his eyeballs were above the water. And uh, I threw in a fly that I'm actually over the, here now tying up the same fly. I call it the spunky bunny. And it pounced on it like you wouldn't believe and game on and That's anyway awesome. so you you never know even sometimes those worst days here in louisiana can turn into one of your best days so For i sure. never give up so would you say we're talking about the hosting trips i mean and i know it's 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 your job now too but do you like to go on a solo mission like all right i'm gonna go by myself and do this or do you would you rather go on a hosted trip would you rather take a bunch of people with you when you go when you travel fish <laughs> i know it's a tough question it's a loaded question but <laughs> <laughs> I like both, and I think you've got to have both in your life. Yeah. I love this solo mission. I love taking every shot at every fish, being able to fish what I want to fish, how I want to fish. Listen, but that costs money. You right. know, no right. one's going to fish. A bit. The guy's got to pay his mortgage. He's got to pay for his kid's tuition, and I'm not asking him to do it for free, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I do that, but then I love the hosted trips, like, my girl's trip that I just took last April. Hey, Rachel. Um, <laughs> she's watching right now. But Rachel was on it. And that, the joy that I got from watching these girls catch fish and pursue permit on fly, uh, there's nothing like it. I, the empowerment that they got from this trip and just the friendships that were made. We've got, uh, I looked down at my phone, we've got a cute uh, text chain that goes around. We They named themselves. I did not name them. <laughs> Strippers and hookers. So we are the strippers and hookers. And um, and we are a very tight-knit group of girls now, and we're going to continue to fish. A lot of us just went fishing in Louisiana a couple months back, and we're going to go to back to Mexico and Bahamas. And so, you know, there's a lot of joy in that. Just took a couple of guys over in Tanzania and got to see their lives um, changed by the wilderness and the bush of Tanzania and fishing for tigerfish. I love exposing people to new species, new places, new cultures, great food. Awesome. So I like both. I think there needs to be a balance. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. How many countries have you, different countries have you fished in? Oh gosh, you can't ask me that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. More than five. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. I'll, I'll let you think on it. You can count in your head and then okay. you can tell us later. Maybe a couple dozen. A <laughs> couple dozen. That's awesome. That's yeah. too cool. Um, you got a question, Billy? 
Oh no, I was okay. just no, I was I was checking out my phone here. I'm looking at your website because I have a question for you, but I'm like maybe I could answer it from. I'm just a nerd. I just can't remember <laughs> okay, website, you can. So. Well, that's how many um, countries I've gotten records from, and I think it says eight. Is that right? Eight or nine? What, uh, let me see here. Let me look at the records. So I was just. Uh... It kind of does a self counter on my website. Oh, that's super cool. Oh, uh, yeah, that is cool. So, by the way, if you want to go to our website, it's meredithmccord.com. Pretty, pretty easy to find there. Um, I'm not seeing it here. Of course, I'm looking at my phone. So, um, I think it's eight or nine. Right on. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that brings us into the whole whole next little segment. We want to talk about with the records. Like, where did that whole passion start? When were you like? Was it one big fish that you caught, and you're like, "Oh man, this is a record," and it set you off on this <laughs> chain, or how did that how did that kind of come to be? Uh, Justin, that's a great question. Um, no, the answer is no. It was not one big fish. You know, I probably like a lot of people caught a lot of world records out there without even knowing that world records existed. <laughs> I had no idea that there was a record keeping organization out there. I guess there's no better way to put it. Yeah, yeah. So. The story goes like this. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're both ready. Uh, We're all ready. I was just a fisherman. I just like to catch fish. I And I like a challenge. I mean, therefore, doing triathlons and um, starting your own business. I mean, Billy, you know if you're an entrepreneur that every day is a challenge. And I like a challenge. And so this, this fell right into my personality and my lifestyle. But I was on one of those trips where – my dad's friends had gotten an invitation to go to the Bahamas to deep water, deep water K to go fishing. And they had an extra two spots to go with the owner of deep water K, a man out of Houston named Paul. So they called me up and they're like, Hey, do you want in on this? You just have to pay for your guide. Everything else will be taken care of. And I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready and willing. And the beautiful thing about working for yourself too, is that, you know, there were times that I had to say no, that thing, business was crazy at the Mad Potter, especially owning a paint-your-own pottery studio where people come in and make gifts. Father's Day, Mother's Day, and, of course, Christmas are a big time for me, so those were harder to get away. But other times of year, and this one was in, I think, late September, early October, that's a very slow time of year. So I was like, sign me up. I'm there. As we're landing on the airstrip, uh, Paul says, I have a surprise for you. And... They are filming. The guy in front of us is a famous actor by the name of Liam Neeson. And they are filming a series called Buccaneers and Bones for the Outdoor Channel. Uh, Liam's name I had heard, but I I don't watch scary movies or action thrillers. Isn't he from 24? Is that Liam Neeson? What? Is he the guy from 24? No, he was in... Um, I have a Taken. special set of skills. I will <laughs> yeah. find you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taken, yeah. taken. Yeah. But with a much buttery yeah. tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have yeah, a special yeah. set of yeah, skills. That's, that's Liam. And so I'm like you. Like I'm like, okay, I know the name. And then when, they, when I saw him, I knew his face, of course. Yeah. And so um, we get off the plane, and, and I had never heard of Buccaneers and Sons. Again, I don't watch TV at all, really much at all. And so I got off the plane, Liam was there, and we started talking because there's just a little hut on the island where you go and process yeah. your passport. And he's like, oh, do you, in his cute Irish accent, do you fly fish? And I said, I do. And he's like, do you do a lot of saltwater fly fishing? And I said, oh, it's my favorite. And he's like, well, you might be able to help me because I'm really just a trout guy. 
and I'm supposed to be here filming a TV show, and I really don't don't know much about saltwater <laughs> bone fishing. So that struck up our friendship, and every afternoon after he'd come in, we would work together on his double haul, and we became fast friends, and we're still friends to to this day. I mean, we I just saw him in April. He was supposed to go with me to that ASF. Um, Atlantic salmon dinner last week in New York, and unfortunately, his mom is very sick um, mm. at this point in Ireland, so he was unable to make it. But we're still very good friends, which is cool. That's super but cool. Getting back to the story, Liam's producer saw me giving him lessons, and they came up to me one day, and they're like, "It was like our second afternoon," and he's like, "Who are you?" And I'm like. Uh, well, I'm Meredith McCord, and um, I'm from Houston, Texas, and I own pot- a chain of pottery shops. And they're like, no, 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 who are you in fishing? And I'm like, no, what do you mean? I, I just, I like to fish. And they're like, oh, so you're a nobody. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, well, uh, I mean, I guess in the fishing world, I'm a nobody, but I mean, my parents think I'm somebody. <laughs> and um, hopefully it's... Uh, my friends do, but I, I guess I'm a nobody. And a long story short, they said, well, have you ever thought about doing TV work? And I was like, well, does it mean free fishing? Again, always looking for the avenue to be able to go and fish on a limited budget because I, I didn't have money growing on trees. And they said, yeah, it means free fishing and free travel. You just, you got to, but the problem is, I think you've got what it takes, but you've you got to be somebody. You got to have like a name. And I was like, well, how, how do you get a name in fly fishing? I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just fish. I just like to fish. I, I, I don't know how to get a name. And at that time, you know, Instagram wasn't big. Facebook had just started um, or what, it hadn't just started, but I was just on it for like personal reasons, not for any kind of fishing reasons. Right. And long story short, uh, we were sitting around, I keep saying long story short because it is long story, so I apologize. Short story but, long. <laughs> yeah, short story long. We were sitting around dinner for the next couple of nights, all of us as the group, Liam, his friend Chris, and producers of the show, and uh, Paul and my buddies, my dad's friends, and they said, what about world records? And I'm like, uh, what? Like, I didn't even know that they exist. I mean, I mean, I knew Guinness Book of World Records, but I didn't know that they existed fish and so they said no no they're really kept for all a lot of species and they just divided up women and men so the women's are very doable right now why don't you look at the women's world records find a species that you want to pursue and see if you can't get a world record and if you did that then maybe that makes you somebody so I'm like all right that's I like that idea let's let's look at it and Paul also, the owner of um, Deepwater K, was also really involved and a board member at Bonefish Sharp and Trust. And he's like, you need to start meeting people there as well because they're, they're very interesting people. They're somebodies and they can kind of educate you on fly fishing and kind of really broaden your horizons. Because all I had at that point was, you know, my dad had kind of learned simultaneously about fly fishing at the same time I had. We hadn't done it together, but we had started fishing Belize together once. He had picked it up and I had. And um, and then we had started going on these trips in 2005 together when he started including me on his men's trip. So 
I was like, okay, I need to educate myself further and, and start looking at conservation efforts and things like that because I am passionate about the sport and passionate about keeping it for our future generations. Got involved with BTT. They really exposed me to the IGFA. I started looking at the books and I started looking at one of my favorite fish, which is, what if I told y'all? I think it might be a redfish. Maybe. It's a redfish. So it is. I mean, that's, so I looked at redfish and I called um, a couple of guides who I had fished with in Apalachicola um, for tarpon and said, hey, you guys do the redfish thing in Louisiana. What do you think that these are doable records? And both of these guys said, absolutely. You, you got this. So that year, that was 2011, which I met Liam, and I started pursuing the records in 2000. Yeah, I think I got my first record. I can't remember. Now I'm going blank in 2011 or 12. It was December 1st. I think it was 12 because I, I think we met in 2013 and you you were kind of fresh into the, the record chasing. 2013, no. I, I, I already, already had gotten one redfish record okay. at that point. I got another redfish record the same day, December 1st of 2013. I think it was 2012. And, um, and so long story, again, long story short, sorry for that. <laughs> uh, I started going after it and it was, it was tough. I didn't know how to tie my own knot um, correctly. I was having a lot of break-offs. I wasn't using the right tippet material. I've learned a lot about that. Any of you guys that are listening want to reach out, I'm happy to share my secrets. Like, I love the more people that can get into this and think it's fun, I'm all for it. Come break my records. It just gives me a bigger challenge to go after, to go re-win my own records back. So I love this game. It's a game to me. And if it ever gets... <laughs> not fun i'll quit playing it but for right now i think it's it's a lot of fun and it makes me i believe a better angler because i had to learn to tie my own knot learn what tippets are truly the breaking strengths that they say if they are on the package and um, i broke off a lot of fish in those first couple of go rounds and i had a lot of people helping me along the way that kind of got into this this quest I was on and had a, one guide in particular that reached out to me saying, Hey, I love what you're trying to do. Would you like to come fish with me? I've got a photographer coming over. I need an angler. We'll try to get your record. Um, and you get to fish for free. And cause I didn't get it the first several times I went out to get it. And I was, was like, Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you so much. And so thankfully to that guy, Christian Nurgan, um, he stuck with me. He knew I could get it done and um continue to fish me at a really good price and uh even after we didn't catch it with that photographer but we tried and he knew that i had the capabilities of doing it it's just a matter of finding the right fish yeah so that number first i caught that first record and um it was it was amazing i knew that we we the moment we saw her we knew she was well over what i needed which was a 28 pound fish it was 32 and a half pounds and we knew we saw her, I mean, she was crawling on the bank. We made a cast, got her in, and we, we knew we had it. Um, I called up the producers of the show and said, guess what? If this thing gets approved, I'm a somebody. And <laughs> I'm a world record holder. And sure enough, they said, okay, well, that's what it need, we needed. As, as soon as it gets approved, uh, why don't you come on our show this year? April's going to do it, but why don't you come on for 2013? So that's what I did. And 
in the meantime, we kept pursuing records. And then in 2014, my dad, who was the most tickled by all of this record chasing, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I have to balance it with sometimes just tugging on fish, like I did yesterday, where I just go whale them and, and get them to the boat in like less than 30 seconds. I like doing that too. <laughs> uh, my dad said, I want to be with you when you catch your next record. So he came with me on, or he took me with him, him to the Seychelles, and I caught my second and third record. And not not long after that, he got diagnosed with cancer. And while he was fighting uh, his battle with cancer, kidney cancer, and going through radiation and chemo and all that crud, he said, "Keep fishing, keep getting those records for me." And somewhere along the way, I said, okay, for you, I'm going to get you 100 world records. That's awesome. I'm sure wow. some of you know that story, but um, he he passed away when I was at 78, but I caught my 100th um, Father's Day the following year at, um, on, um, on our fa- at our farm where he brought me up teaching me how to catch bass. That's so cool. And, wow. That's such a good story. It's yeah. just, it's just wow. so awesome. You know, when parents that, that get their kids into something that they can be passionate about outdoors. I just think it's so important. Not, not that there, I think every, every kid should be exposed to that, the fishing and the hunting and the hiking and the camping. Yeah. It's just, I think it, it, it changes people for the better. And, and it's, it's what we remember. Like when I look back, my, I had lost my dad last January to to cancer. And when I look back, like the memories that stick out, everything is outside. Like every, whether we were riding four wheelers or fishing or hunting or camping, like all the best memories are outside. And, and I feel like that's the same with you, Meredith. And it's just, it's just cool to mm. share those moments with your parents because it's, it's just different than kind of what the world tells us is like a normal life nowadays, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Well, and, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt on that too. It's just our parents sharing whatever they're passionate about. Yeah, that's us. true. That's true. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. That they're not gallivanting off just saying, hey, I'm going to do my my girlfriend thing or we're just going. I mean, I think it's great for couples to go on couples trips and get away from their kids. But my dad just included us in what he was passionate about. Yeah. And I was just fortunate that what he was passionate about was the great outdoors and being outside. But even if that computer coding and you're yeah. sitting next to your child teaching them how to code whatever, I don't know this stuff, but, you know, be an IT coder, then that's what you do, but do it, yeah. do it passionately and do it with your child. Yeah, that's and a I good word. That goes a long way. And if, man, if it can be something outdoors, get outdoors. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely biased to the outdoors. That, yeah, me too. Well, there's nothing that breeds more life into our, into our souls than just being outside and seeing that sunrise in the mornings and a marsh come to life and fish wake up or birds start flying or start chirping or anyway i guess yeah it's uh it's definitely cool well here's a question i got for you would you say this is kind of jumping back in to what we were just talking about but were you pretty competitive growing up in your whole life or did this world record chasing did that really bring out this like new competitive nature that you didn't even realize you had so I think it was there all along, but because we were raised kind of outside my, we grew up in Houston, Texas in the city, but my dad, again, was an outdoorsman. So he hated the city, hated that we were being raised in the concrete jungle. And Every weekend we went an hour outside of Houston and we were raised on these little bass ponds 
we call them tanks down in Texas. Um, uh, at our, we call it farm. Um, it's just a little tiny property with some pine trees on it and a couple of tanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I would say that I didn't grow up playing sports. So I, I didn't know I was competitive. I just, I didn't, I didn't play sports. It never came out in the board games or anything like that? Oh, I guess it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, I am a mean gin rummy player and Monopoly don't play with me. I'll play for hours. So yeah, I guess it did. I, I think of, when you say competitive though, it's so funny. I think of like, don't you think of like yeah. soccer or basketball for or sure. baseball? Something that yeah. we but all yeah, relate I, as like a competition or, or a challenge against someone else. Darn it. I hadn't thought about that. Card games. Yes. I love to play cards. There it is. There it is. Yeah, Yeah, there it is. In business. I mean, I think your business successes, it's like nobody just starts a business and creates a a franchise model and does that kind of thing without being competitive. Yeah. If with no one else, but with just yourself. So, and I'm the same way. You can ask Judd. (laughs) (laughs) Judd's almost punched me in the face a few times. What do you think though? Is it, Well, I, I, you know, I think for me growing up, I didn't really grow up, um, you know, I grew up on like the rough side of the tracks, if you will. So for me, it was always, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay complacent. I don't want to be not necessarily like my parents or any of that. Just like they just grew up working so hard for every single thing and and no one really appreciated them and all that. So I was like, I'm just going to make my own way. So the only person that has to appreciate me is me and I'll reward myself through that. So I, I think that for me was like the driving force of like almost fear of like not getting stuck in what I was in. Um, but I definitely, now that I'm older, I definitely think I, I probably look around and go, okay, well, what are other 33 year old men doing? Like, am I, am I crushing this podcast right now? Because if I'm not, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start over, you know, I gotta do something else. And so, um, I, I don't know, maybe a little bit of both, you know, and then you know, I think it's a lot about this podcast is going so many different directions, but like identity, it's like, you know, I was so afraid of something that I didn't have to be, but I thought maybe I would get stuck in it. So, you know, as I get older and, and really find myself, um, you know, you know, and really start to find who I am and be comfortable in my own skin. Then I, then I think the the reward is just that, just being myself and, yeah. and being yourself. And so I think for all of us and, and being in that serenity and being that place of being outside or being on the boat, I know every time I get on and I don't have a boat. So whenever I go on someone else's boat, I spend probably the first 10 minutes just looking around going, my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah. Like I'm usually in front of my yeah. computer and hustling and doing all that, but to really appreciate just the creation of, of, you know, who I credit to the Lord, to God. So it's, it's really pretty impressive to, sure. to relax in that. So I think it's uh, I think we're all driven by that same passion to be the best that we can be in our, in what we're passionate about, you know, fishing, you know, business yeah. and being an entrepreneur. And uh, I think that just being complacent in that is where you kind of start to backslide, but just really picking out what you're passionate about and, and driving hard towards that is, is, is what, what we all try to do. Yeah. And, I'm, and I don't know, I don't know if it's <laughs> the, the people at this podcast uh, I, and I don't know if it's about beating other people. Like I wouldn't have to say like, I'm not trying to compete against uh, salt strong or some of the other podcasts that you've been on, but like for myself, I'm like, dude, I want every you know episode to be amazing. I want every deal, right. I, every real estate deal I put together to be amazing experience for the people I'm working with or whatever. So really just about serving people, I suppose. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's a credit to your character as well is that you're just striving to be the best. And like you say, um, you just don't want to be complacent. I think, you know, it's just not satisfied with just the everyday here and there. You want to, you want to be the best and love those around you. And yeah, yeah I hope I'm doing that. And yeah, you're, you know, it's inspiring just being on this podcast with you and, and just talking about your life. And I mean, someone that breaks 25 world records almost 26 on average per year since you started that's pretty that's amazing incredible. you're inspiring a lot of people that's probably a world record in its own like how many <laughs> world records do you break in a year yeah that might be have you looked into that <laughs> i haven't looked into that i haven't you know and again i don't i don't do this necessarily for other people um i i mean i did do it for my dad yeah. so i, I yeah. take that back but i don't do this to prove myself to, I, I, I like the game. I like that it sharpens my skills. Uh, it's like, I mean, I hope that everyone can find something that they're passionate about that they just strive to want to be better at. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what makes it alive, right? Yeah. 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 And just go for it. I love that you say it's about the game. It's not really about the reward because I often do the same thing, like like in business, for instance. You know, one of my favorite things is to go out in a yard sale and buy like vintage T-shirts for like twenty five cents and sell them on eBay for seven, eight, ten bucks. And I would like run around the house like I won the lottery. And my wife's like, "What the freak is your problem?" I'm like, "I'm just winning the game. Like I'm just winning." She's like, "She's like, what are you, what are you winning? Like it's ten bucks. Like calm down. It's not paying the mortgage." I'm like, "I know, but isn't that cool? I paid twenty five cents because I just." So same That's thing, awesome. you know, so yeah. same thing for you guys. It's like, Hey, it's not necessarily about the plaque on the wall, but it's just like, I just love the hustle of, of going out and finding great fish and yeah, super inspiring to everybody watching this or listening and watching. I'm sure I, I'm like about <laughs> well, to just throw this stuff and run. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing that I just want to throw in there, cause this is a big part of yeah. doing records is that number one, you don't have to kill the fish. A lot of people, that's a misnomer, total myth. You don't have to kill the fish. Like today, we caught and released that gar. I mean, again, how quick did I catch a 45-pound almost gar on six pounds, nine times the strength of my line, mind you. And I landed it. It got boat side in eight minutes. Again, it took a little longer to get in the boat. But uh, but we, we got it to the boat in eight minutes. And then, you know, we measured it quickly. Gars are very hardy, which is great. But we measured it quickly and then weighed it, took a photo, and put it back. I mean, 90, I think 98% of my records have been released. Yeah, so that's, that's again, awesome. You, don't it. Um, you can weigh it in the water. I did not today, I will admit it. Don't. I didn't have the appropriate sling or net because I wasn't planning on catching such a fish today. I had a net for a redfish and a drum, but not for uh, this large one. And um, so usually I do it in the water while they're breathing, or not breathing, but having water flow through their gills. I'm getting their measurements, and then I take a quick weight, a quick picture, and then they're back in the water. So, uh, again, fight time doesn't have to be long if you know how to play a fish, and um, you just you don't have to kill the fish. So, and you don't have to hang it by a boga either. You can do a net net or a net sling where you just take the weight of everything and then you just weigh your slinger net and subtract the two. And that gives you the weight of your fish. And I just, I think I get a lot of flack from people or I'll tell you, I do. We were talking about earlier, what are some of the mean things that people say to you? And they, um, I get some comments that I'm really hurting fish 
and I, I just want to debate that by saying, okay, I think the angler that doesn't know what they're doing is hurting our fish a lot more than an angler that can land a fish in a very short time, yeah. uh, hold it correctly, and then put it back in quickly. For sure. For sure. Yeah, proper handling of fish is, is so key. It's, it's, uh, it's cool that you shared that. I'm glad you did. Um, do you have any more questions, Billy? Unfortunately, we're getting pretty, yeah, we're at an hour, which is crazy. It feels like we've been talking for about 10 minutes. Uh, I know. Super crazy. Now I would, I guess, uh, what's the next thing? What's next on your list? Like yeah, what's what are you, the next what are you going after? You're going after. Uh, so for the next couple of days, I'm, I am looking for that six pound, um, redfish and the black drum. So wish me luck on six that. Pound tippet, not a six pound redfish, right? Not a six pound redfish. <laughs> I need to Five pound redfish on six. Gotcha. And again, I think I had them today, but uh, when I was letting my line out, unfortunately, I had dialed in my drag a little too heavy, and so the moment it hit my reel, that slack line, just even that 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 momentum and of it hitting that, it just ding and popped it real quickly. Hmm. So um, you know lessons learned and that's again why i love this when you're fishing a little lighter tippet like this you you just everything counts and so uh your errors help you to learn better yeah um, fish and how to be a better angler so those are my next ones um i'm really in louisiana off and on for the next probably couple three four weeks um i love this place and for me this is prime time uh and then i start my adventures in the new year where I'm heading to Oman, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, and uh, Mexico with my girls group. So nice. uh, I've got some great travels in the first couple of months and I'm very much looking forward to it. That's incredible. Yeah. Just to speak on how you've inspired uh, some of the ladies that live here that I think they were on the Louisiana trip with you just love you. And they had never read fish that came down to fish with Meredith on her girls trip in Louisiana. And I've been, I've taken them fishing since here. Meredith connected us and, uh, they just are in love with Meredith and they, they're like, we got to get her to North Carolina to come fish. She doesn't want to come to North Carolina. We got to get, how can we get her to come to North Carolina? But yeah, you just inspired them and just giving them this passion of fishing. They didn't even realize that they would ever like fly fishing. Yeah, that's and now cool. it's all they, all they can think about. So it's just super cool. And one more thing I wanted to share Ryan Miller here. I just saw this on our, on our feed here on Facebook. He said, dude, this has inspired me to be to really start saving up and be able to buy a John boat so I can start taking my son out fishing with me as he gets old enough, Aww. which is just really cool to see. You know, if, if we can share this passion that we have with and, and, and inspire one more person to be able to share it with someone they love, I just think we're doing that's all yeah. we need to do. So, that's awesome. Yeah. I think I think that's really awesome. And, and guys out there that listening, um, don't write off your daughter. I yeah. mean, no, who would have so known? I, this would have connected with me in a way that it did. Fortunately for me, my dad exposed my brother, sister, and I to it. And they love fishing, but it ignited something in me that I can't articulate exactly. Yeah. But it, it's, part of, it's part of me. And um, when I'm not doing it, I, I was, it was funny. I was in Tanzania uh, a couple weeks ago hunting tiger fish and I ended up waking myself up twice, setting the hook into my body, like full on strip setting um, into my body and would jolt myself awake. So uh, <laughs> if that isn't a part of me, I don't, I don't know what is. Yeah. That but sounds like a, I don't know if that, is that a nightmare or is that a, you know, like a, 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 a good dream? It's a great dream. It's a great dream. Okay. Good. Anytime, good. anytime you're fishing in your dreams, 
my god. Yeah, that's true. What more can you ask for? I know. I need to start then learning how to then loose. You're fishing twenty four seven. That's true. I need to start learning how to lucid dream so I can fish when I'm asleep. I'll get some more done. <laughs> the amount of uh, records I'll set in my dreams, y'all don't even know. I set fifty <laughs> records last night. That's so fun. In 50 different countries. <laughs> in 50 different countries. That's perfect. Well, that's awesome. Is there any like closing closing thoughts or words you want to leave with leave people with tonight, Meredith? If not, no worries. I mean, I You've think, had a lot of good stuff I, to I say. I think that was it. It was um, take your kids, share whatever you're passionate about with them. And I, you know, I hope it's fishing um, but or something in the great outdoors. But if not, just share whatever you're passionate about about spend time with your family you just don't know how long you have um and that's why i fish as hard as i do i don't know when my number is going to be drawn and therefore carpe diem i I know it sounds cliche but um i'm trying to live every day to the fullest and inspire people along the way with that said my parting notes are this ladies i need more of you so come on uh i've got two trips coming up i've got mexico Uh, March 20th through 27th at the Palmetto Club or hunting permit, but you will also have a go at Bonefish, Snook, and Tarpon. It's two guides per two anglers, so the ratio is great, and you will learn a ton. Every night, I will be doing a little lesson so that, guys, if you have wives, girlfriends, daughters, mothers, sisters who might be interested in this, send them with me. I also have one in Bahamas coming up, but it is pretty much full. So come on to Mexico with me. I can't not wait. What if we wear, can guys wear wigs and come? <laughs> Do you know how many guys have posted that? Hey, I'll wear a song. I'll wear a bikini top. Is it okay? I'll wear a wig and high heels. Can I come? And I'm like, no. With my bald head, you would be surprised how well wigs work on my head with no hair up there. It it fits (laughs) perfectly. That's funny, man. Actually, I think they work really well. Yeah. Oh, no, they do. They work incredibly well. Yeah. It's been my new thing. Whenever we go to one of these new fad uh, gender reveal parties, I just get a colored pink or blue wig and wear like a long hair wig and everyone laughs. And then, you know, I've I've had my fun for the day. (laughs) That's perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, Meredith, thank you so much for coming on with us. It's always a pleasure hanging out and talking with you. And I hope to see some big fish on your uh, on your Instagram feed uh, in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Thank you guys, so much. great, yeah. great to meet you. And um, yeah, hopefully we can chat some business stuff. I'm I'm really curious about. I, I want to go into more of that business stuff. But yeah. I'm like, I, I got to stay on fishing. I got to stay on fishing. So <laughs> this is so the fishing you, podcast. You, you've got my number. Call me anytime. I'd love to share with you all that I learned. It's just like with the fishing today. My guide said, don't tell people you were catching your fish on a five weight. And I said, well, why not? And he said, well, then other people will go out and compete against you and know your secrets. And I said, you know what? There's no secrets in fishing. It's great people like Lefty Cray and Andy Mill and Stu Aft that have taught me that. Yeah. You share what you know. Yeah. The more people that are passionate about this and, and care about it, the better. Yeah. So, so yeah. Meredith, and, and I'll, this is my last question for you, just because I'm curious. I didn't see it on your website. I saw some media stuff there, but are you producing any media, any online teaching or schools or seminars, any of that kind of stuff? Or do you? I'm toying with it. I mean, I'd be curious if you guys that are watching out there today think um, you'd like to learn from me. Um, please uh, send me a note. Let me know. I just it makes me nervous. I mean, I guess all of us can say the same that I'm fine taking photos with big fish, but when the focus is on me with the camera, I I don't love it. So 
Um, I need encouragement. If you think that you would get something out of what I have to say, then send me a note. But it's something silly I'm toying with right now. And I, that's kind of why I posted last week a little story feed about some lessons that I was taking up in New York City. And um, it got a great reaction. So awesome. I'm, I'm definitely leaning that way. Cool. Hey, if a couple of knuckleheads in North Carolina can start a fishing podcast and get a few people to watch, I'm sure you have a lot more to offer. For sure. Um, so, and I think a, a, a lady's perspective can be so eye-opening too. You know, oh, like, already has been yeah. on this show. I'm like, For wait, sure. I've never heard anyone describe the water quite, you know, like a fish, like a redfish. I'm like, how in the world do you look at a redfish and see what you see? But that's like it's someone who loves it. It's kind of pinkish tan and it swims in the water. That's what I yeah. would say. <laughs> there was a big fish. I took a shot at it. Sexy lips. I heard sexy lips earlier. <laughs> it's awesome. Sexy lips and it's peck fins that come out like this. We like this peck fins. A little fins dance. Go, and then they, their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I got my vote is for you to start creating content like crazy. Um, I, I think it would be, I think it would just blow up. I mean, obviously you have a, a, you know, and we could talk off camera, but, or off Facebook live, but you know, I think you have something special, not just as, you know, a, a fisherman and all that, but as, you know, just inspirational people are on here going, Hey, I'm going to go buy a John boat because of this podcast, I'm going to save up. I'm going to change my lifestyle to, to make sure my kids get to go fishing yeah, with me. And so, sure. um, th that's only one hour, you know? So it's like, I, I think, you know, down the road over time, like you could really, I mean, you already are inspiring people, but I, I, you know, what, what we do here, I feel like inspires people, you know, as sure. well. So sure. I think it's cool. And that's the reason, you know, that's the reason why we just create content and create more content is because it's like, do we want that? You know, when, when I call people, I, I was telling Judson this before the show, I was calling um, out of a database at, at my real estate company I work with. And so I, ca I called this guy was, you know, like trying to figure out like if he wanted to buy a home or whatever. And he's like, I already bought one, I already bought one. And then we, before he gets off the phone, he's like, hold on a second, man. Do you host a fishing podcast? <laughs> and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh man, I love that podcast, dude. Like I, I'll listen to it all the time. And so I was like, oh, really? That's okay. That's weird. That's like, cool. oh, cool. You know? So um, I said all that to say, Meredith, like, you got my vote, whatever, you know, obviously we're not the techiest people ever, but if, um, you know, our resources are your resources and I love to see people start creating content and, and sharing and doing all that. I mean, and it's not as hard as it was 10 years ago when I first started in, in sure. the business of it. So. Right. Right. And way cheaper too. And you've already got an audience <laughs> that wants to learn from you. So I think it'd be awesome. Well, thank you guys. I mean, that's a great encouragement. And you guys are doing an awesome job. So keep at it and keep inspiring all those guys out there. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on. We're going to wrap this show up and we'll talk and we'll have you back on again. I mean, yeah, definitely. we'd love to. At, at 200, you got to catch 200 records first. And then <laughs> we'll have that? you. You got to have 200 records before we let you back on, though. Okay. Well, that would be good. If I have 201, I have the most ever. Really? If any female. Yeah. So and, I'm, gun I'm gunning for Roberta. Uh, who has a hundred, 200 right now. And so I'm going for that 201. Okay. Well, we call dibs on the show when you, when you hit 201, we're bringing you on. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All so, right. Sounds good. So Sounds good. we'll have you on next week after you get done fishing Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much for being on here. We appreciate it. And thanks for tuning in guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, next week, we are not going to be on, doing a live show. It's Thanksgiving week, so we are going to be taking some time off. But we are going to shoot another podcast tomorrow, and then we're going to launch it. Launch, it, launch on, it on Tuesday? 
Yeah, maybe we'll yeah, well let's just say we'll launch it at eight o'clock uh when the show normally goes live. Yeah, that's when we'll we'll put it yeah. out there live and then uh, have it upload on YouTube and podcasts and all yeah. that. And hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Eat lots of fish and, and turkey and all that stuff. Anything else we got going on, man? I don't know. Um, the, that next podcast will be how to become a better weekend warrior. So we're going to bring up some guys that catch a lot of fish yeah. on the weekends and they work and they can't work fish during the week. So I think it'll be a really cool one. And, and I think even if you're not a weekend warrior, it'll really pay off to listen to it because, you know, if, if you're already fishing, you know, on a, on a weekly, on a daily basis or, you know, a couple times a week, I think we can learn a lot from people that can get out in the water for one or two days a week and be effective. So yeah, I think it'll be a cool show. Awesome, dude. High five. Nailed That's it. it. Done. We'll see y'all. See we guys. won't see you next week. We'll hear you. You'll hear us. You'll next see week. us next week. <laughs> lucky you. <laughs> lucky, lucky. All right. See you guys.